It's always been about making my money work for me. Again, taking that active income into passive income. And I think that's really what's helped me to be able to get where we have is because of that early understanding on that you've got to make your money work for you while you're sleeping. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of the fluffy stuff with us today. Dave Allred, how you doing, Dave? I'm doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Well, it's my pleasure and looking forward to our conversation. Dave has 17 years of real estate investing experience. <laughs> And he's been busy. It's a mouthful, but I'm still going to read this one bullet point in his bio. His portfolio consists of over 1,000 rental doors, five restaurants, six self-storage properties, 10 private equity investments, 21 fourplexes, 20 hard money loans for flips, a Utah top golf location. We'll throw that in the mix. And he's invested in over 20 syndications. Wow. I'm going to take a breath. That's a lot. You've been a busy man over 17 years at real estate, and he's based in Provo, Utah. He's a managing partner for Axia Partners Real Estate Fund. And with that being said, Dave, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus, and we'll go from there. You bet. So grew up in a very low-income, blue-collar home. We never really talked about investing in real estate know anything about money in general, but I always knew I wanted something really high level of quality of life and my inexperiences in my own personal life. And I remember as a teenager, I was going to do whatever it took to get to that next level and to be able to create that for my future family. So when I was 21, I had an opportunity presented to go out and knock doors and actually go door to door selling home security systems for a company called Vivint. And it wasn't something I really wanted to do. I knew it was going to be hard. I jumped into it. I went out for the summertime and Honestly, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It was really a struggle. I had a lot of failure. About halfway through the summer, I almost quit. But luckily, I stuck with that opportunity and finishing very strong that summertime and made $31,000 that year, which for me at that time in my life was life-changing. It was incredible. So I came back the next year as a sales manager and then the next year as a regional manager and then became a vice president of sales for that company for eight years. That company ended up going public for a multi-billion dollar exit. I moved over to sister company selling residential solar door to door, and I did that for a few years. That company also went public. For were a you were you back knocking on doors, or you were in a management role? Um, I knocked doors for the first few years, but then I ended up in a leadership position where I was managing 121 sales teams across the country and a few thousand sales representatives within 42 different states across the country. I still went out and would lead by example sometimes on the doors with the guys, but for the most part, it's more of a leadership and sales training position at that point. So I did that for 17 years in totality, learned a lot of great life lessons from it. But the entire time I was always trying to take that active income and put it into passive income investments. So it was just a side hustle for me originally getting into the real estate game. But in hindsight, I'm so grateful for having that exposure. And it all started when I talked to my CPA, you know, I made my first six-figure income, my first year as a sales manager. And I asked my CPA, I said, hey. How old were you? Um, I was 22 at that point. Wow. A year after you had started knocking on doors, you yes. were making six figures. Yeah, How much? 
right at a hundred or yeah, you know, I'm kind of a private guy, but I'll, I'll throw it out here. 31,000, my first year as a sales rep. And then my first year as a sales manager made 156,000. And then as a regional manager, I made 256,000. And then as a VP, I made 516,000. And then it just kind of went from there. So I realized I had a tax problem. <laughs> and again, we never talked about money, finances, anything within my family about how to be a responsible steward over your capital. So, you know, I talked to my CPA and said, hey, so what are your wealthy clients doing? And he said, every one of his clients are either investing in, they either invest in real estate or they own businesses or both. And that made a lot of sense to me. And so I committed to learning the real estate game and really trying to master the game of money. And it's just been an ongoing process. And honestly, it's really just been about being coachable and really trying to soak it in and learn. And honestly, I actually really enjoy the process now because investing is almost like a chessboard and you have your little chess pieces and it's all about strategy and how to best leverage and how to best strategize to win the game. Now you're speaking my language. I love chess. <laughs> I did not know that, Joe. Oh yeah. I just got done with five sessions with a Cuban grandmaster. I forget his last name. His first name is Fidel, <laughs> but he's taught me five one hour sessions. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I still terrible, but I'm a big fan of it. That's he, awesome. I did not know that. Just going back to that topic though, what's really fired me up about and really drawn me to real estate because I retired from that leadership career in solar about four, almost five years ago now. And a lot of people thought I was crazy to leave that opportunity. But ultimately what I've realized about myself is I'm very driven by the pursuit of freedom. Mm-hmm. I just want to have a lot of freedom in my life. It's freedom to be able to do what I want to be doing with people I want to be doing it with when I want to be doing it. And it's not just for me, but it's for the people I care about and I love, my family, my friends. So I realized, in my opinion, I feel like real estate is the best way to create true financial freedom and not just short-term wealth, but real generational wealth. So really just committed to that, kind of doubled down on it. And when I was 30 years old, you know, I'm out doing this job and it's a very difficult job, obviously. I'd say it's probably one of the hardest ways to make dollar out knocking doors, cold contacting and selling. And I've always talked about financial freedom, but I got really serious about it. I sat down for four hours and I said, okay, if I'm serious about financial freedom, what does that mean exactly? And how much do I need to have? So I just reverse engineered what's my family's cost of living. And then I reverse engineered that. So, okay, how many rental properties do I need in order to hit that number? And at that time in my life, I needed to have 40 rental properties to be able to have true financial freedom. So I said, okay, in the next 10 years, I'm 30 right now. I'm going to get 40 rental properties and got laser focused on that, reverse engineered it. I was able to hit that goal when I was 36. And then kind of one of my things in life is to always push for the next level and Mm -hmm. always beat yesterday or to always do bigger deals than I've done previously. I feel like that's where you get real personal growth and development. You get new circles of friends. You really just grow a lot as you continue to, to expand and make that forward progress. And so I said, what's a scary, audacious goal? And it was to have an ownership in a thousand rental properties by age 40. And so kind of the same thing. I sat down, reverse engineered the whole process and I was able to hit that goal last year when I turned 40. And the next goal for me was, okay, well, so I've done the syndications. I've done 12 or so multifamily syndications. So the next step is launch a real estate fund. So that's the latest thing I've been working on is the Axie Partners Real Estate Fund. And that's been an awesome experience and I really enjoyed it so far. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. 
realestateaccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. Their fractional CFO services include budget-to-actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. Lots of questions. Let's start in no particular order of importance. Well, we'll start chronologically as those questions came up when I was writing them down with what you're talking about. So one, door-to-door sales, you had a lot of success doing that and then managing teams. What would the rookie door-to-door people do that could be easily corrected to make them be much better than rookies? Great question. I would say it really all comes down to confidence and mindset. And the same thing applies in real estate investing when guys first get started. I think that the biggest limitation is actually our limiting belief systems. It's the stories we tell ourselves and it's the potential that we honestly see in ourselves, our personal potential. I know when I first got started out making 30 grand, honestly, Joe, that was the very peak the top of what, in my mind, I thought I was worth mm-hmm. in the market. And then, okay, I did that. So the next year, okay, you know what? Maybe a hundred grand, that's my potential. And it's the same thing for sellers are expecting how much success you're going to have in the summertime. It's just really dependent. I think our biggest limitation is it's our self-belief. So okay. the rookies that would come out and just dominate their first year, they're usually not the most articulate or the most polished sales guys. It was the people that were willing to grind and pay the price and continue to improve, but they had the confidence in themselves and the personal belief that they could do the job and they would win no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what separates the guys that did quit from the guys that actually had a successful summer and were able to come back and continue that journey. Is that coachable for the rookies who don't initially have that personal belief in themselves? That's a great question. I think that as long as there's some humility Actually, one of my core values in my life is to have humble confidence where you're humble enough to still be coachable and to learn and to always be continuing to pursue personal development. But you also have the confidence in taking action, not having analysis paralysis and being able to be a strong negotiator and to be able to really chase what you want, what's important to you in your life. So I would say it is very teachable. 
especially with a good leader that can come in and help inspire people. I've always said that trust is the highest form of human motivation. So some of the best leaders are the people that can come in. I mean, as a quick example, midsummer, my first year, I was on the brink of quitting for like the 12th time. <laughs> you know? And the regional manager came in, sat down at lunch, and he's like, hey, Dave, just so you know, man, you're not doing great here, but I can see potential in you and you've been a leader in previous jobs you've done. So I just want to throw it out there. If you can do 100 accounts this year, you can qualify to be a sales manager the next year. And you can go recruit and build your own team and build your own career. And I'd never even crossed my mind I could become a sales manager, but the switch flipped for me. Like, you know what? This is actually could be, could be a real career. I could actually impact and help add value for more people if I can win the next two months. And so I was able to turn it all around and I ended up with 121 total sales. And it was a big win for me. But that was actually the moment that switched for me. when I saw the opportunity to become a leader and to be able to lead other people and create value for them. I love that humble confidence approach. I really dig that. The next thing that comes to mind is with the earnings that you mentioned at 22, it was 150 or so, I think you said, and then you spit off the next years. So by my calculations around the age 25, you were making a little bit more than half a million dollars. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So what's that like with your peer group? And what's that like from a drive standpoint? Because I would imagine a lot of 25-year-olds who are making half a million dollars, their peers are not. And there also might be a sense of complacency there. Yeah, another great question. So on the peer group question, what I would say is I realized a lot of my friends, as their income went up, their discretionary spending went up. And I didn't want to be in that position. So literally as people year over year, income goes up, their discretionary spending, their toys they're buying, their vacations, everything would just go in parallel with that. And I realized that you're never going to get ahead. In fact, you're actually in a worse position if you take cost of living up proportionally. And so I've always been very focused on not buying depreciating assets or depreciating toys. So never had a boat, never had an RV, never had a lot of those things. It's always been about making my money work for me. Again, taking that active income into passive income. And I think that's really what's helped me to be able to get where we have is because of that early understanding on that you've got to make your money work for you while you're sleeping. And that's how you create true freedom. So I've always been very disciplined in my approach there. And part of it's probably because I grew up without a lot. I'm actually really grateful that we grew up in that way because it makes it so much more rewarding. And the contrast is so awesome. I'm actually really grateful that we grew up without a lot of experiences and a lot of quality life and travel and vacations and whatnot. We always go on vacation to Yellowstone or national parks. And I thought it was because my parents just love national parks, but in hindsight, I think it it didn't cost anything to go to those parks, right? (laughs) With the peer group, I'd say I don't really measure success based on your income at all. So I think for me, it's been very much focused on pulling that into investments. And you know, I've done almost 200 different investments and across the spectrum and pretty much every different category. Then the second question was in terms of making that much money when you're young, how do you not lose your drive? And what I would say to that, that's a great point, man. I see it all the time. Guys start making more money than they expected and they get very complacent and stagnant and they stop pushing forward. What I found to be the most valuable thing is to really get clear on what your long-term outcomes are in your life. So I've been very, very intentional with sitting down and drawing out my entire, I call it lifestyle design, but it's getting clear on when I'm 80, 90, 100 years old, about to kick the bucket and I look back at my life, I want to have no regrets. And I want to feel like I lived a life of 
significant, where I left a real impact and I, and I left a really strong legacy for those around me and for my children. And so I've gotten very, very, very clear on exactly what I want in terms of personal health, my finances, my business, my family, culture and traditions, spirituality, experiences, relationships, and memories. Those 10 categories to me are what are really most important in life. And that, and you want to be at least good or competent in all 10 of those. A lot of people are really good at making money or they're really good at their health, but they neglect everything else. And I don't want to have that imbalance in my life. So I've gotten really, really clear on how I define a successful life. And by doing so, I realized as I make more money, you know, money is just a tool, right? It's not good or bad. It's just a tool that helps accelerate who you are and what you really want in life. So I realized that as I make more money, I can literally just plug and play that capital into my blueprint for my life. And by doing so, it accelerates that progress so much faster. And it's actually super motivating, Joe, at least for me, to be able to make more money and to want to make more money, not so my net worth is bigger so I can brag about whatever, so that I can get that freedom and accomplish my life purpose and goals in a quicker fashion. So long answer short, how do you avoid that complacency by making good money is having real clarity on what you're going to do with that money, tying purpose to it and making money matter so that there's intentionality behind it, there's purpose. And for me, that's been very motivating to continue to increase those earnings. Let's segue and switch gears a little bit to what you've invested in. You have a 1,000 rental doors. Does that mean you own 1,000 rental doors yourself or what is that exactly? No, I own about 20 something fourplexes and some other commercial multifamily assets and whatnot. It's actually, it's quite a bit over a thousand now, but that does include some of the syndications that I've done as well, where I've you know, been a lead sponsor on a deal and we bring in capital. Got it. Okay. So that's where you're a lead sponsor. Okay. So you're a lead sponsor on that stuff and then five restaurants. So you're a part owner in five restaurants? Correct. Okay. Where are they located? Nevada, Vegas, here in Utah, one here locally in Provo area, and then a few investments in parent companies that are up and coming emerging franchise brands. Six self-storage properties. Is that you own them or you syndicated them or you're LP in them? JVs. They're all JVs. JVs. Okay. 10 private equity investments. How would you characterize those? So high growth startup investments, seed investments. Real quick on that, I'm pretty calculated my approach with my investments. And so, you know, whether you have a thousand dollars or a hundred million dollars invested, what I like to do is I put about 1% of my total investments into cash, 3% into into cryptocurrencies, 1% into precious metals, 5% into bonds, 10% into equities, 15% into private equity, and then 25% into residential real estate and 33% into commercial real estate. So those are the buckets that I've predetermined that I want to be investing in because it creates kind of an all-weather portfolio where you don't have to try to time the markets because everything is cyclical. So I just try to invest in those different buckets. It's not perfectly according to those numbers, but it's pretty close. We'll get back to the show with the first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Do you manage your own rental properties? If you do, or if you're about to, I want to tell you about RentReady because I'm guessing they have some services that you wish you had. RentReady is a property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. With RentReady, you're able to collect rent online and get paid, find the perfect tenant with a built-in screening and listing service, and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using RentReady's app too. They can pay rent using the card, 
ACH, cash. They can set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it. And they can even build their credit score through RentReady's new credit reporting feature. And the best part, RentReady is unlimited. That's right. All this is flat priced. There's no tricks or hidden fees. RentReady is designed for investors who manage their own properties so that you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the best ever listeners. You can get RentReady's annual plan for only 54 bucks at RentReady.com when you use our special code BESTEVER. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with the code B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R at RentReady.com to get RentReady's annual plan for only 54 bucks. Did you know that credit checks miss 85% of the information landlords and property managers need to verify new tenants? That's a problem. The solution is Rentify. Rentify provides a platform that allows you to instantly access prospective tenants' financial information and compiles it all into a quick and easy-to-read report to help you select the highest quality tenants. You can access income, payroll, past rent payments, non-sufficient funds, and overdraft history all in one place. Rentify's reports instantly verify the full financial picture of the tenant, so there's no chance of being duped with false information. No one likes to be duped. And the best part is that you can have it all at your fingertips in as little as five minutes. Go check out Rentify at TrustRentify.com and stop wasting time and start fast-tracking the tenant screening process with confidence and ease. With Rentify, you'll no longer have to waste hours or even days collecting all the information you need to verify a tenant, which makes life easier for you and your applicants. Visit TrustRentify.com and use the promo code FAIRLESS for 25% off your first purchase. That's T-R-U-S-T-R-E-N-T-I-F-Y dot com and put in the promo code FAIRLESS. That's my last name, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, for 25% off your first purchase. 21 fourplexes, you mentioned those. 20 hard money loans for flips. Are those currently outstanding or have those come and gone? The way I do that is I do about two to three at any given time. So it's borrowing $150,000 to $350,000 to flippers. They're going to go and do all the legwork to go and flip. And I get a really healthy return on that. Very low risk profile. I'm in a first position lien with a personal guarantee. I'm only paying 85% of the market value up front to begin with. So I've loved that investment. What's uh, the return on those? I say this and people are always surprised, but I get 18% annualized return. on Any, any on- points at closing or anything? Depends on the market. So I did one in Detroit. And so I charged two points on that. Kind of depends on the risk profile of the investment, but usually 18%, I'm pretty happy with that. I'd say it's a little above market in today's terms. Mm-hmm. Okay. A top golf location, is that still an investment or is that come and gone? That is a personal project I've been working on. And here in Utah County specifically, there's not a lot of premium entertainment. So I've just been working on that for two years now and really, really excited about that. So it's a syndication where I brought in several of my friends and purchased the land and now have the golf entertainment coming in on our land. So really excited about that and to create that for the community. Got it. So when does it open? We're still about a little over a year out. Okay. And then 20 syndications that you've 
put together, correct? Yeah, I've done over a dozen personal syndications and then I've invested. Oh, passively. That, that yeah, passively, probably, okay. probably two dozen syndications. Got it. All right, cool. So that's the lay of the land. What investment have you lost the most amount of money on? Knock on wood, I've only lost on three investments in my investing career. And the worst one was actually in 2006. I bought the book, Investing in Real Estate for Dummies, those black and yellow books. Read the book, felt like I knew what I was doing. Googled for a real estate agent, hired this lady, and we went and bought a fourplex in Salt Lake County. I was really excited about it. Thought we knocked it out of the park. However, at the closing table, after we signed my signature and we closed everything, my agent leans over and shakes my hand and says, Dave, thank you. That was my first closing ever. <laughs> How did that not come up earlier? Yeah, it's my fault for not vetting. You know, questions. So it was our first closing ever. And then about seven months later, I get a letter in the mail from the city letting me know that I've illegally rented because it was actually a duplex with two mother-in-law apartments. And I guess the two tenants got in, a, in an arguing dispute and they called the city and they called it in. So I had to evict two of my four streams of income on that duplex. So it was misrepresented to begin with. But anyway, and then the housing collapse happened a year or two later, lost 60 grand on the disposition. And so I literally learned, Joe, everything you could possibly do wrong. But luckily, I kind of learned a lot of those lessons up front all in that first deal. So you lost 60K? I think I was negative cash flowing after I evicted those tenants for about a year as well. So okay. probably 75 grand. 75K. All right. Which one have you made the most money on? Which one deal? I just closed on a $20 million asset in Kansas City. Really it's gone big. full cycle though. Oh, full, full cycle. Yeah, yeah. You had money in your bank account as a result of that deal. What one deal has made you the most money that's gone full cycle? I got you. So the best full cycle deal for me has been the first six fourplexes that I bought here in Utah. I bought them all within the same year at $560,000. This is in 2014. And in the last year or two, I've exited all those for over a million dollar disposition value. But the best part, the cash flowed very well along the way. Great tax benefits with the cost segregation and whatnot. But the best part is I've been able to 1031 exchange all those gains into larger multifamily, you know, 20 plex, 60 plex, et cetera, without putting any additional capital into the new acquisitions. And oh, so that's outstanding. Yeah. I want to ask you the question I ask everyone else, then we got to do a, a quick lightning round. What's the best real estate investing advice ever? Best advice would be, I'd go back to saying, it's just think bigger, reduce limiting belief systems. When I was 20, I was really proud of what I was doing. But I look back when I was 30, when I was when I was 20, and I was playing small. When I was 30, I was so proud of what I was doing, managing these teams across the country. But now at 40, looking back, I'm like, man, I was playing small. And I hope that when I'm 50, I look back at 40, saying the same thing. Or when I'm 100, looking back at being 90, I can <laughs> say, man, I was still thinking too small. But the second thing I'd say in terms of advice, Joe, would be to work with people you really enjoy working with. I think that's really important. Joe, you and I have partnered and done some co-sponsorships on a few deals. And I feel like real estate by itself isn't that exciting. What makes it fun is the relationships we create around the real estate and the deals and the experiences we get to enjoy as a result of the work that we do here. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's go. Best ever book you've recently read? All-time best book is As a Man Thinketh. In business, specifically, I'd say Extreme Ownership. Love that book. In investing, specifically, I would say The Lifestyle Investor. I just finished that this year. Phenomenal book. In terms of personal development, I would say Atomic Habits. But really, today, I'm actually more focused on podcasts. 
I love podcasts. They're free. They're relevant. Your podcast is, is awesome, Joe. Great content. And it's always fresh. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? I'm probably most active and reachable on social media. So Dave Allred on any of the platforms. I'd say Instagram is definitely where I'm most active. Dave, thank you for being on the show, talking about your psychology, how you approach life, business, investing, and then specific examples that you gave us along the way of each of those things. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and talk to you again soon. Joe, I'm looking forward to hanging out in person at the next best ever conference in Denver. So it's going to be awesome. But I appreciate you having me on, man.